time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This this is a show where we wake up in the Saturday morning sun, plop down the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I am Chris. <laughs> and he <laughs> is a robot, apparently. <laughs> this is trying to be as like weird as possible with that one. I just wanted to break the mold a little. Anyway, this morning, we watched Life with Louie. And this was suggested by Jason via Facebook. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. So the show Life with Louie aired from 1994 to 1998, created by Matthew O'Callaghan and Louie Anderson, produced by Fox Children's Network, Hyperion Studios, and the Anderson Hassan Company. It ran for three seasons, 39 episodes on the Fox Network. And for a short synopsis, the adventures of Louie Anderson as a child growing up with his sweethearted mother, his loud and war-crazed father, his 10 siblings, and children at school who love to tease him. Yeah. Wait, 10 siblings? What? Yeah. I only saw two. Yeah, we only saw two, but we... Well, and one of them we didn't even really see. We just kind of saw her silhouette. Yeah, even in the uh, even in the, the credits, though, or whatever, there's listed, like, four older brothers, four older sisters, or something like that. Oh, my so, gosh. So, yeah, there was a lot. Weird. Yeah. So, Chris, who are some of the actors who played in this show? Okay, so I've got a really short and sweet list. Um, since we had such a long one last time. So Louis and his dad, Andy, Andy Anderson, what a name. Um, they were both voiced by Louis Anderson, the stand-up comedian on which this show was based on. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, his mom, Aura, was voiced by Edie McClurg, and his little brother, Tommy, was voiced by Miko Hughes. Ta-da! Miko Hughes. That sounds very familiar. Does it? If it's the same one I'm thinking of. How many Miko Hughes do you know? Just the one. That's why I'm questioning this. If this is the same guy. What happens if he is? If he is, then that's awesome. Oh, it, it is the same guy. So Miko Hughes is the kid from Pet Cemetery. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. He's a really creepy kid in that movie. Sweet. Yeah, I, I did not tie those two together, but that's awesome. But you just did. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I can tie a horror movie to something, I'm excited. You're like, I didn't, I never tied it together. And I'm like, well, technically I just saw you do it. Well, never before, but <laughs> just now a revelation. Right. Ta-da. Congratulations, Joseph. Thanks. So Chris, <laughs> what are some memories you have of this show? If any, um, I used to watch it when I was a kid. I didn't really like it a whole lot. And, and I don't know that I watched it regularly or anything but i do remember watching episodes of it just enough to remember what the characters look like and that um louis and his dad's voices were super obnoxious and that's pretty much it like that is all that i have stored in my memory pouch uh yeah i I remember really liking this show when i watched it as a kid and i know a lot of the subtleties would have completely gone over my head but i guess I, i appreciated the humor at the time and probably the voices of uh, Louie and his dad, like you said, those were just obnoxious to the point of they were very humorous. I, I loved those voices. I still even to this day before we watch this again, like those are voices I would do 
periodically with my friends just because they're so ridiculous. And we had a friend who did them so well. Even Shaddai was in on it. So she knows about those jokes too. Oh, nice. Yeah. So for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Life with Louis cereal, in January 2006, TV shows on DVD.com posted a news story that Life with Louie was going to be released on DVD in the U.S. The information came from Louie Anderson himself, who mentioned it on a news radio program he was a guest on. But all that was released was three two-episode sets in the U.K. in 2007. But there's been no news of any additional releases in the U.S. or U.K. And nor has there ever been a release in the U.S. of these DVDs at all. So huh. that's unfortunate. That was that's weird. Yeah, I wonder over 10 years ago. So I don't I'm pretty sure they're not coming, but maybe I mean, if it's been that long, like why? I guess why the holdup? Why does it take so long? I don't I like, don't know. Why maybe haven't they moved on it? I don't know. Maybe it's just something that is not on their radar anymore. We need to let's get let's get Louie on the phone real quick. Yeah. And let's yeah. just let's ask what's going on. Right. We'll, we'll convince them since we're we're buds. We're close friends and all. Right. Based on the popularity of the show, various merchandise was released, including apparel, videos of various episodes, a CD-ROM comic book, a book series for children, Life with Louis SpaghettiOs, and a kid's meal toy for several fast food restaurant chains, including Taco Bell, Hardee's, Jack in the Box, and Dairy Queen. I did not realize that it had all this merchandise tied to Me it. Me either. They had their own SpaghettiOs? That's crazy. Yeah, for a short time, I think, but they existed. That's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that Burger King wasn't on the list because this seems like a Burger King toy show. Yeah. Like, Hardee's? I don't know. Like, Hardee's never really had great toys. I didn't even know Hardee's had toys until just now. Yeah, they did. That's, that's how many Hardee's I've been to. They weren't that great. Like they, they got the like. I mean, not that any kids' meal toys are good. Old McDonald's you know, toys used to be. McDonald's had like the cream of the crop, and Burger King usually did also. And Hardee's was usually just straight up garbage. <laughs> like you just don't even take it out of the little plastic bag. You just go, oh, I don't want it, and you either throw it away or your mom puts it in the next yard sale that you guys have. <laughs> well, there go our chances of ever being sponsored by Hardee's. Sorry. So the series won two Emmy Awards and a Genesis Award for the ethical treatment of animals. It also won a Humanitas Prize for children's animation three times, which is more than any other animated series. How does a cartoon win an award for ethical treatment of animals? This award was because they presented situations that helped to raise awareness of kindness to animals, basically. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so I guess this show just did it better than any other show and whatever year that was. Nice. I was pretty confused for a second, but now I understand. Yeah, I don't know which animal it would have been. Uh, he had a goldfish, but he overfed it and it was really fat. I want to go with um, I want to go with ostrich. I would love that. I, I would love if he raised awareness about ostriches, and that's how he. That's how they won an award. <laughs> they raised awareness that ostriches don't really bury their head in their sand. They're they're scanning for like food and stuff. They're not burying their heads. That's the awareness that has been raised. And I've continued aware. it. So where is our award? We need to get an <laughs> award right now for this show for ostrich awareness. Is is that a fact? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Then we're not going to get an award. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump right into the three episodes we watched for today's show. The very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course we have to start with the very first episode being a Christmas surprise for Mrs. Stillman. Season one, episode one, 
where it's Christmas time, Aura asks Andy to decorate Miss Stillman's house by the Christmas lights. Andy seeks Louie's help and both decorate the house with the help of Louie's friends who arrive at the house for singing. That's a very run-on sentence. It's a very run-on sentence and uh, it's poorly written. Yeah. The writers from the show did not write the plot of the uh, the, the plot summary for the No, th- this was a random IMDb person, so shame okay. on them, not the writers. They're not getting an award. No. Um, I like that this episode opens with like Louis Anderson like sitting in the chair, like telling the story by the fireplace. Like yeah. real life Louis Anderson, not like the cartoon. Like I thought that was funny because I'm like, oh my God, this is like all those old Christmas specials and... It's just such a trope, but it was it was funny because of who it was. Yeah, there's something just comforting about that too. Seeing uh, when when something like that is introduced live action, and it kind of continues throughout the series to not to that extent, but you get the opening where it's like, let me tell you about my family or something. Right. Yeah, it, it's like him doing stand up, and he says that line, and then it cuts to the cartoon montage. Right, and that's kind of a recurring thing in the cartoon as well. Is it's kind of like he he's narrating, but as himself, not as the character or not as like the, the yeah. animated Louie, but as Louie Anderson. And so he throws kind of yeah. a little bit of stand up comedy in there, too. There's two Louis Andersons in, in this cartoon. There is young kid Louis Anderson, and then there's older Louis Anderson that is narrating his younger life. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about, but I I like how they did it. And um, I like that the first episode opened with this, with showing the real life Louis Anderson talking because him talking about his family leads into every episode from that point because he's still narrating it. And it just it makes really good sense that way. Most cartoons have never really done that, I don't think, where you see the real-life counterpart lead in and continue and stuff like that. That's something usually reserved for, like, sitcoms and things like that. Um, I'm sure other cartoons have done it, but not very many, and I like that they did it this way. Yeah, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I think... That's uh, right, you can't. Actually, yes, I can. Um, Stop it. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, that oh. had those cameos uh, of the live action wrestlers yeah but that wasn't like them narrating it with the cartoon that was no. just they had live action stuff in the middle i mean like this one combined it like the yeah, live yeah. action um him talking just continued and then we saw the cartoon as he was still talking like i mean yeah, they well, like just fed into each other yeah what was interesting about that also was the fact that it's like uh it's like he's telling us these stories and it's not like it all started and then it just goes in the story it's like he keeps talking to us throughout the episode and that's just kind of a cool way to tie it in because it's almost like even though yeah it's a cartoon and there's some parts of it that are probably very uh different from what actually happened it's like this is almost like his recollection of these events and yeah. you're always going to embellish things a little bit or forget, leave certain things out but overall this is him narrating that so that it feels more real even though it is in a cartoon form. And the genius of this is with him like telling these stories and stuff like that like if someone embellishes a story, you know, what do they usually embellish? They usually embellish themselves or the things that happen to them. But really, if anything is embellished, it's probably the characters around young Louis, like his dad or his mom and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you don't know that they're embellished, but I mean, young Louis is written so like just kind of normal as normal as he can be. But I mean, he doesn't do anything 
crazy or outrageous or anything like that. It's just the people he's surrounded by. Yeah. So I he, thought that was genius. And and I love the like the sarcasm when he talks and sometimes he just <laughs> breaks the fourth wall by just glancing at the camera and giving a look when something like goofy happens. Yeah. And um like that was genius. That was such good writing. That's one of the one of my favorite jokes kind of at the start of this episode was where he uh they were throwing snowballs and he was talking about like, oh, you know, you, you always try to avoid getting hit in the ear, that dreaded ear snowball. And then he was like, he got hit in the ear and he started crying and then he was going home and he was, he was telling it like, and this was where it felt very stand up to me where he's like, and for some reason you always limp, even though you get hit in the ear, like you always start limping. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And I was <laughs> that like, was a really good one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's totally like a stand up routine combined. And that was very early on in the episode. So it's like, this is what we're going to get throughout. And I was excited to yeah. see how the rest of it went. Yeah. It was just like a couple of minutes in it. <laughs> I like when, um, he comes in, somebody says something about Louie crying and he's like, I'm not crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that thing that little kids do, like they're crying and stuff like that and they just get mad and say they're not. Yeah. No, like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> You're crying. Yeah. When he, uh, when he was like, uh, when he went in the house, he's like, and you feel like, or this is like, um, narrator Louie saying, and you feel like you have to just. Like you're so you hurt so much, like you just want to curse. Like you feel like it's okay to curse, and, and no one no one hears him. And he, he says so he doesn't. Yeah, again. he's like he's like, did anyone hear me? And there's yeah. like nothing. He's like, oh, oh man. I just yeah. I love young Louis in this. It's he is hilarious. Oh, I know his. It, it was so much better than I thought. His, his character is just so funny because he's just so he, he is like dry and sarcastic humor. Mm -hmm. Where everyone else around him has just so much like wacky stuff going on that it's just like he has the perfect attitude to be the focal point of this kind of show. Right. He it he's very much an observer as opposed to a participant when unless exactly. he has to be. Yeah, exactly. He is very much the observer. So it's almost kind of like it's like young Louis and older narrating Louis are kind of in the know. And they're letting us in on it. You know, it's almost like it's all this silly joke or this silly story. And they're both just kind of like, yeah, get a load of this. Like, yeah. isn't this isn't this weird? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's um, so good. We also get uh, we get to see oh, what's kind of cool. And they they bring in uh, well, they're watching TV and we can see TV going on in the background and it's actual like live action TV. Yeah, and that was interesting. Yeah, they were watching Miracle on 34th Street and then they like pause for a second and actually watch the movie for a little bit. And it's like, oh, that's yeah. really kind of crazy. That's a weird kind of uh, a tie-in. I mean, I don't know if they had, uh, it doesn't matter really, but they had the rights to do that or if it's just like free um, domain or whatever at that point. But, oh yeah, public domain. Yeah, public domain. But I just thought that was a really neat, that it wasn't an animated version of it, that it was mixing the actual live action version into it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Not a lot of cartoons do that either. I mean, Muppet Babies kind of being the big exception because mm. they were constantly doing it. But yeah, other, than, other than those two, like... Nothing else is really coming to me, but yeah, I mean, it's not like something they did often in this cartoon, but just because we'd seen it a couple times, it that really stood out quite a bit. And then the the whole idea of this episode, like it said in the poorly written description at the beginning, was that uh, Louis' mom is kind of 
making Louie's dad put lights on uh, Miss Stillman's household because she's recently <laughs> lost her husband and she is not putting lights up. And so their concern for her or uh, at least Louie's mom's concern for her being the caring person that she is. So she wants to surprise her by having her husband put up lights and Louis gets dragged into it against his will, of course, but yeah. he ends up having to do it anyway. And oh uh, my gosh, it's it, it was it was so funny. Just so many good jokes came out of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, like I, I just want to talk about his parents real quick because their characters are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom is the stereotypical like northern united states mom (laughs) like wisconsin minnesota um north and south dakota that's the area that i live around and she is the stereotype of the moms up here way more kind than she should be way more um wanting to include and take care of people and serve people than than she should just just out of her way nice and their his dad is a um he's a war veteran and he constantly reminds people of it because, um, <laughs> yeah. like, a- a- every situation he's in, he's like, "I was in a war," <laughs> so, yeah. which I, I think is really funny. Uh, it's like you know he kind of uses it as a not not really I'm a guy's guy thing, but like you know I've seen some stuff, and so this is stupid or this is ridiculous. I was in a yeah. war. Why am I why am I here putting up Christmas lights? I was in a war. Yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> like he's trying to excuse himself of things or like uh, pardon his shortcomings because it's like I was part of the war, and I and and that's a part <laughs> where like we were talking about earlier, he it, it's probably well definitely overblown from what his actual dad was like, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't truth to that because there are some people yeah. who are like that where, you know, it's like, a, it's almost like the old trope of uh, old, the older generation being like, when I was your age, I had to walk to and from school uphill. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, he tends to mumble under his breath a lot, <laughs> which is my favorite part about his character <laughs> because you can still like, if you listen closely, you can still catch what he says. And it's usually really funny like one of my favorite moments was this girl um, at one part. He's like trying to put lights up on this house. Well, some cops think he's trying to break in. They go through a thing. But then after that, some kids think he's trying to break into this house and they start throwing snowballs at him and the ladder falls and he's like hanging down and they, <laughs> you know, Louie kind of is like, no, it's my dad and gets things figured out and his dad gets down and this girl Jeannie is kind of apologizing to him and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's walking away and he's like, Somebody's future mother-in-law there, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Even when he's going to do it in the first place, like uh he's just so he's so sarcastic in in a in a funny way. Like yeah. he's a good-hearted guy, but he's so sarcastic and just like uh not pessimistic, but he always He's pretty just, pessimistic. Well, maybe pessimistic <laughs> is the right word, but he so when he's going to hang the lights at first, he's like, all right, we're going to hang the lights with Miss or going to hang the lights for Miss Stillman and going to rob it with Louie or something like going to rob Miss Stillman's yeah. house. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of funny that twice then people mistake him for actually robbing, for actually the house robbing it Yeah, when he made that joke earlier. <laughs> um, I like how he put up their own Christmas lights because his wife was was telling him he needs to get their Christmas lights up too before he goes to do hers. And he's like, all right, all right. And he goes outside and he just plugs the lights in and like throws them on the roof and (laughs) then dangles part of it from the tree. So it's just literally like 
a strand hanging off the right. roof. And he's like, oh, and right, going to the I, tree. I'm done. Yeah. And then, yeah, then he calls it good. <laughs> it's just so pathetic looking. It's hilarious. To wrap it up a little bit there, he, so they're hanging the lights and there's a lot going on. And, you know, he, like you said, he gets got, he gets uh, snowballed down by the kids because they think he's robbing the place. Then the cops start to arrest him because they think he's robbing the place. And then he finally gets back to working on the house. But the kids, the neighborhood kids are all helping out and that really pushes it along. And they're just, they're go, 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 just getting it all done before they get home. Does the plug, and of course it doesn't work, so they have to find the problem, <laughs> and eventually they do. But what was funny is, like, the stall was that Miss Stillman, or Aura's driving up in the car with Miss Stillman, but then the car breaks down, like, right down the <laughs> yeah, street, because he has such a crappy old notorious. car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently it breaks down quite a bit. The, the thing that wasn't working on the lights ended up being because he forgot to plug something in. Right. Which I thought was funny, because, you know, he was the one that, you know, thinks he's doing everything right. He's like, stand back. I'm an electrician. He plugs it in and electrocutes himself. <laughs> the best part of this whole thing was the very last joke we got, which was, I mean, they went all out. They covered this thing in lights and decorations. It looked beautiful. They even have a, a moment of redemption for his dad where he, you know, he sees that one of the um, reindeer or something is crooked. So Louis out the window, he sees him straighten it out and he's like, yeah, like he would, he, on the head he probably wouldn't have done that if anybody had been around, but yeah, he's alone. Exactly. Yeah. So all this hard work and like, you know, they're feeling good about what they did and stuff like that. And then narrator Louie at the very end is like, and later we realized why she didn't put up Christmas decorations because she's Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, I laughed out loud so hard at that joke. That was a really good joke like, because it, it made yeah. that entire episode for nothing, really. But, <laughs> right. but it was like but such in a, the best way. Right. Such a nice, like, sweet episode still. But that was just a good kicker. That was a good punchline at the end. See, that was something good that, I mean, this this sort of stuff happened with, when we did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, where, like, the, the end would turn out to be all for naught. Yeah. But th this wasn't really the same case, because, yeah, they put up all these lights, and, and it, oh, she's Jewish, so she wouldn't put it up anyway. But they still, like, managed to brighten her up, because her husband has just passed, and she got, like, you know, she was super happy, she had all the neighborhood kids there, the kids were all helping her out, and, you know, the dad... As much as he griped and complained, you know, like, enjoyed the work that he did in the end, and he was proud of Louie. You know, there's all these really nice moments that still happened, so it wasn't just all for nothing. Yeah. It, it was just very ironic. Yeah, there, there was there were still in the process development of relationships and a good father son bonding moment. So yeah, yeah, even even wrapped in something that meant nothing in the long run, there is still so much to it. So I agree with you that it was much more meaningful than Bill and Ted's adventures. Period. Yeah, I don't know if they were excellent. <laughs> just adventures. They were just yeah. adventures. It'd be fine if they just made a sequel, Bill and Ted's Adventures. Yeah, Bill and Ted's and just average. No adjectives. adjectives. Yeah. They have to go and get milk. <laughs> So uh, the second episode we watched for today's show, the thank you note, season two, episode 13, was listener pick and the highest rated both. Yep. And uh, for good reason. For Louis's birthday, his grandma gives him a sweater, which she made for him. While trying to write the thank you letter, Louis decided to instead play with his friends. When he finally writes the letter, he finds out his grandma has passed away. Oh, and man. As, as, as simple as that sounds, 
Oh my gosh. I didn't realize this show was going to make me cry. I mean, you <laughs> even said like, yeah, this show made me cry. And I'm like, I wonder why. And then I see this episode and, uh, yeah, dang, this I, is I, powerful. I messaged you yesterday and I'm like, Joseph, <laughs> I'm like, life with Louie made me cry. What is my life what is right life? now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so confused that this show made me cry. But like, I really cried during this episode. It was heart wrenching and beautiful at the same time. Like, it really was. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's so amazing that they were able to pull that off. And w- what's even better is it. You know, for all intents and purposes, this is a kid show, but this is a very mature kind of adult topic to cover, especially in a kid's cartoon. And it got super deep, honestly. Right. It got got really deep, but it was also treated so delicately that it was just this was the perfect delivery of this situation. Yeah, it's like you could tell they were treading very carefully, but they did it with like precision. Like, I mean, there was no misstep. So, I mean, like, like he said, his, his grandmother passed away and the majority of this episode is you're watching how Louis and his parents deal with it. And it's Louis's mom's mother that passes away. So his mom just, she keeps cooking stuff and just, she's constantly cooking and keeping herself busy and not really taking the time to grieve. And everyone's kind of unaware of it. You know, she's just kind of going about it and everyone else is still doing the thing because the dad's asked to write the eulogy. So he's spending most of his time thinking about that and kind of, you know, making sarcastic comments at grandma's expense. Yeah. And Louie is trying to figure out how to get her this letter. His little brother is like, well, I mean, if she's in heaven now, just find out what the yeah, address to heaven is. find out what the address is. Be, and it, it was a really like a... A good moment where it just kind of hits you where he's procrastinating throughout. And, you know, coming into the episode, I had no idea that she was even going to pass away. I didn't read the description yeah, of the episode or anything. Yeah, that caught me off guard. And so, like, his procrastination on writing that letter, I didn't realize it was going to have such, like, hard implications to it. And then yeah. it gets to that point. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, what is he going to do now? And so his drive is to get this letter to his grandma, even though she has passed away, he's got to get an address. If she is anywhere, then there has to be a way to get this to her and in his head as a child. So that's his motivation throughout. And what's what's really interesting is the way I mean, really all of it. But one of the most interesting parts was how he did all the, he explored all these different religions trying to find a way to deliver this message to her. Like it starts with just, you know, your basic uh, Christianity and uh, the idea of heaven. And that's where I thought it was going to yep. cut it off. And then it goes into, you know, Jewish afterlife. And then it goes into just like, a, I think Muslim is right after that. Yeah. He talks to um, some Muslims and then he talks to a Buddhist Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just he hits a whole bunch of different things and just learns. It, it's it's smart because it's kind of teaching you um, at the same time, or at least I mean, if it's kids, it's introducing you to that. Oh, there's multiple religions out there. There's right. people with these other viewpoints that you know, you know, not everybody thinks the same, and and that's okay. Like you know, they were all still comforting in their own way. You know, yeah. except for the Jewish guy who just couldn't make up his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there was just good religious diversity there. But yeah, the the, yeah. the Jew the Jewish guy, the rabbi is just like. 
some rabbis say yes, some rabbis say no. And that was his answer to pretty <laughs> much everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's this kind of joke that came after the um like the Buddhist or Hindu thing where um he hears about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So then he thinks, oh, well, my grandma may have been reincarnated and she could be anything. So he's like walking around. He goes to like um, an infirmary and like talks to some newborn babies, starts reading his thank you note. And he's like reading it to animals outside. Yeah. And, and it's like, when he's. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, yeah. And he, he's just uh, reading it to like ants and stuff too. And yeah. at that, that's the point that, I mean, you were probably about to get there, but where the other kids start to like not make fun of him as much as just like like he's just he's he's gone crazy like he's flipped his lid he yeah he uh yeah i mean his he he's trying to talk to his grandma through all this so he's getting picked on but he's not acknowledging it really because he's so driven to get this message to his grandma that he is trying to find any way to do that and it also kind of goes to show Really, uh, the reality of how it can be for kids at school is because they believe things differently or because they might be um, going against the grain as far as schools of thought go. The other kids are going to kind of ridicule them because of it. And it's like and it shows, too, that um, so the principal comes out and gets him, brings him to the office, calls his mom. His mom shows up and it's kind of like a thing where she's just like, hey, I don't think Louis, I don't think anyone's really explained to him what's really going on and stuff. I mean, they don't know that Louis's been figuring stuff out on his own, but it's kind of an eye opening for his mom or eye opener for his mom in that she's just like, oh, yeah, I haven't really paid attention to him to see how this is affecting him. So it was kind of an eye opener thing. So there's like a lot of lessons going in to this episode, like all over the place. You know, we're learning about like the different religions and we're seeing how different people deal with grief in different ways. And, you know, it's a a thing kind of reminding parents like, hey, you know, I, like we get that you're going through something, but pay attention to your kids, too, because the kids like don't understand stuff and they need more attention mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. But I do like where they're trying to tell Louis together, like what death is. And then Louis just starts explaining the difference with all these different religions. Oh, yeah. Um, And they're like, oh. Oh, he also talked to like a hippie guy in a cabin in the woods who said that. Who told um, him that she was going to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he mentioned that one. And the principal was like, huh, Cleveland. I got to check into that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that was really good. The adults didn't really know how to react to that. Like, they they were treating it way different than it actually was. They didn't realize he had been doing all that research, but this is kind of the point where there's the wrap up of, of this part of it where, where, you know, his, uh, his mom's going to help him deliver the, the message to grandma or, you know, that she has a special place in her heart, uh, for you. And, she always knew wherever she is, you know, she knows you're thankful for the gift and she knows that you miss her. She gave her, yeah. she gave him a good example of, you know, grandma always knew basically is the the moral of, of that part of it. And because she always knew, you know, what made you happy, you know, how to make you feel better or whatever. She also knows that you miss her and that you were thankful for the sweater. And that was and that that wasn't even the end of it. That wasn't even the, that yeah. was such that was a strong message there. But it was it super just, smart way to do it too. 
Right. And then it just keeps like that's good parenting. Right. Then it just keeps hitting you with that stuff when we get to or when actually this is kind of the inter interlude point where Aura, Louie's mom, is cooking, 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 and Andy comes up to her and she just kind of breaks down and says that yeah, you know, she that's misses the part her mom. that got me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like she eventually like got in bed and she can't sleep and she's talking about maybe getting up and cooking some more and Andy's like trying to tuck her in and like, you know, I think you need to sleep sort of thing. And then she finally, for the first time, starts to cry. And that got me hard. Like that was the part that got me. I was just like, oh my God. Cause I've seen so many people like that, that just try to bottle it up. And I, I tend to be like, um, historically I've been one of those people too, that just tries to bottle stuff up and push past it and mm-hmm. not deal with it. But I mean, that always makes for like bigger problems later, you know, right. if you don't deal. So yeah, man, that hit home pretty hard. Kudos. Right. And even in the delivery of the eulogy, when it's actually grandma's funeral is uh, Andy, come, Louis' dad comes up and he's like, the reason I think she chose me for this is because, you know, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to her straight. Like I, I always tell the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. That kind of preps you for this might not be a great delivery or something. The way he starts to intro it, it seems like it's going to go that direction. But then the way it comes out, it's actually in his own way. It's actually a very beautiful delivery of this message and a good send off to her. Yeah, it was really sweet, which is strange coming from Louis's dad. But Mm -hmm. yeah, he did a a fantastic job. I do like one joke that he made before the um, eulogy, though, where he said, if we had granny in World War One, we wouldn't have had a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was like, that was a good one. Right, because she was one heck of a woman, the toughest he'd ever seen, he said. Yeah, exactly. And she was kind, she was strong, she could laugh. And uh, he said she was a part of his family and still is. Like, he sees her in all his kids and all that. And it's just like, it's so emotional the way he's delivering it. Even yeah. in his his tough demeanor, like, that's kind of a those walls coming down a little bit to really let feelings out for a change. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like his dad plays the role of this, like, you know, kind of gruff, know it all. I can do everything sort of guy, but he does show you some glimpses of him having a big heart behind everything. Like he's actually a, a big softy underneath like the the hard exterior, it's like he doesn't really try to show people that that he does have a soft heart. It just naturally comes out from time to time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the the way that it ends, well, I mean, right before it ends, Louis puts the he finally delivers the letter to Grandma and puts it on her graves, you know, on her grave. Then the kicker, just like the previous episode that we watched is that uh, the the guy calls in, the lawyer calls in about her will again and is like, oh yeah, I forgot the last part of it, which was she also requested that you pay all of her legal bills. And then, <laughs> right. and then that's like, that was, that was some good levity to kind of a, a deep episode or kind of an episode where it was a little sad, but that was a good way to kind of flip it and be like, oh, well, come on. It, yeah, it was still kind of sweet because like the dad was like, ah, and then he kind of laughs and he's like, well, granny, I guess you got me one more time. Yeah, sort exactly. Of thing. And I was like, OK, that was cool. It's, it's a like, good way sweet. for him to handle that. Right. Yeah. Like that. That was almost like that was kind of like his last moment with granny. 
you know so yeah yeah her yeah her last joke and yeah exactly good stuff oh man i yeah shaddai and i both cried because of this episode so last episode we watched for today's show was go packers season three episode four and i think you just chose this one chris or what i did chose this one i did choose this one (laughs) i chose this yes and the reason i chose it is because i am surrounded by packer fans and stuff where i live and it sucks. So I wanted Joseph to have a an idea of what it's like living where I live right now. Because <laughs> this was it to a T. So in this one, Louie and his father attend a football game between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. And that's that's the basic overview of it. But there's a lot that goes on in between. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Sunday football, as with a lot of families, actually, this was a, a Sunday tradition was to sit down and watch football. You know, the dad's in his chair and the kids are kind of or really anybody around is kind of either forced to watch that or go somewhere else because that's staying on. Which I'm guessing both of us grew up that way, right? Yeah. Because I know you're not really into sports and I'm not into sports. Yeah, for for me, for my family, it was the Cowboys, though, of course. Right. Well, actually, me too, because my dad was a huge Cowboys fan. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the what the actual delivery of it was, but at one point, uh, Louie's dad is like, what kind of Packers fan are you? And Louie's just like, oh, hungry one. Oh, one thing that I wanted to mention, um, I meant to mention this in the first part but there are so many similarities in this show to when i was a kid which i mean this would have taken place way before i was born because this is when louis is supposed to be young but you know they've got that old tv and they have to use pliers to change the channel because the knob is gone oh yeah yeah and it's just a little thing we had a tv just like that that's what i used to play my super nintendo on it was this big tv and this big wooden case and the knob was missing I had to get a pair of pliers and that's how I changed the channel on the TV was using pliers. Nice. So like just seeing that, I was like, oh my gosh. Did it take you back? Yeah, it was so, <laughs> it was something I, I've never thought of it, you know, in decades. So it was just such a strange thing that, oh my God, somebody else also had to do the same thing. Like right. weird. Yeah, it's just funny how you can tie back to your own childhood through these small things that are, it wasn't even mentioned, like it wasn't even like, it was not a throwaway scene, but it was just like, this is, this is how it is. And so he, he goes at the TV with the, with the pliers, changes the channel. There, there was a spot also where you kind of get a hint of, you know, how some people are very superstitious about sports where it's like, oh, Oh, if, if you're standing here, right, if I'm not standing right here at the the moment they're you know about to drive the ball then i you know they're not going to make a touchdown and that's kind of the way it was where they missed their touchdown or something and he's like oh i should have never taken my eyes off the tv right exactly that one explanation you just used uh-huh. is more terms like more sports terms than i've ever used in my life <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah i know exactly what you're getting at they they get super super uh people can get really superstitious about it there's a really good movie that won a lot of awards, Silver Linings Playbook, mm-hmm. and Robert De Niro's character was like that to an extreme. Like it was almost he was almost like mentally ill to that point. Mm. The the point that you believe it, which is interesting, but yeah, I can see that. And, and this is the thing that I don't like about sports is how extreme like the fans can get and stuff like that. I mean, it's obsessive, which I'm like, you know what? 
there's people obsessed about other things like you and I are huge fans of things like video games or comic books or horror and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we don't go to bars yelling at televisions and getting drunk and brawling with people about superheroes, you know, (laughs) where like, you know, you'll go to, a um, I mean, any sports game now you'll see a fight in the stands at some point or a, a fight break out at a bar because, you know, somebody likes the Vikings more than the Packers or something like that. And I'm like, man, like, uh, savages, man. It's kind of <laughs> savages. It's kind of those those extremists who this is why we can't have nice things, as they say. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't like sports yeah. is because other people have ruined it for me. That makes sense. I it's not that I dislike sports. I do watch the occasional game, but I don't like that mentality. Definitely not. I, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, like I don't I don't know anybody personally who's that obsessive over it fortunately but I do know that people like that exist obviously yeah and quite a few up here just throwing that out there quite a few in this one uh Louis Louis's dad so he's taking Louis to the game because they can only afford two tickets a year or he can only afford two tickets a year so this is the the year that Louis finally gets to go with them I mean Louis doesn't want to, but Louis's dad's excited about it because he wants him to be, you know, a player, like a linebacker or something when he goes to school <laughs> or when he goes to high school. I like Louis's reaction when um, his dad says that he's taken him. He kind of looks over at his little brother and he's like, oh, just because I'm the oldest doesn't mean I should have all the fun. Yeah. You know, that was his like sly way of trying to get out of going. But then his dad's <laughs> like, uh, oh, well, then I guess I can take away your allowance and your, you know, your late bedtime, too. And he's like, OK, yeah, OK. He's like, yeah. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty funny because that's something I would have pulled. If, if I had a sibling, I would have totally done that same kind of thing. And kind of a recurring so. thing throughout this episode or a. I guess a recurring thing that's been happening year after year or so we hear is that um, Louis's dad has been trying to meet the Packers coach. Well, to no avail. And uh, he's, he's sure that this year is going to be the year that he does it. Uh, You coach Vince, he's going to meet coach Vince and uh, (laughs) whether he has to, and he he's plotting it out with Louis, even while they're at the game, he's like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump off the the rail here. I'm going to duck under the, the player bench and I'm going to run up to him, <laughs> uh, avoid the security guards and finally get to meet him. And it's like such an elaborate scheme. And then all the while, and this was actually really <laughs> cool. I like the way this tied into it is Louis's mom has some of the other women of the neighborhood over and they're playing, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, bridge or something. And yep. at that point, you know, they're all telling their stories about how they met certain celebrities like Elvis or, uh, you know, somebody else throughout their lives. And then like, surely you have a story like that too. And she's kind of avoiding, because she doesn't really, you know, uh, Louie's mom doesn't really have any celebrity encounters that she can talk about. So she's been, she's avoiding it the whole time. And it's an interesting parallel. Cause I didn't, even though it was, it was kind of obvious that it was going to lead up this way. I didn't know how that it was going to, how these two things are going to cross over. And I think that they did so, yeah. so beautifully that it was just like the rest of this show. Like it's, it's done so elegantly that it's very surprising with a a show called life with Louie. That's a comedian's life that it's just handled that well. Like I was so surprised by all that. Yeah. I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't see the connection coming. And then when it happened, I was like, Oh, well, duh, I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But so one thing that has also happened was his dad had told Louie about this um, play that he used to use in high school. And 
how it was so good and how he needed to tell Coach Vince about it and stuff. But he keeps trying to get down there and he can't because right. at one point he leaves Louie there. Then he comes back and he's like, <laughs> a lot more security than last year. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, but they do this thing at the stadium where they have a bunch of the kids come out to the field and like throw the ball and, and punt and things like that. And Louie fails horribly at it, but it got him on the field and he meets the water boy and he ends up grabbing some water because he's and the Packers are about to lose. And he's like, oh, now's my chance. So he grabs the water, walks over to the team and he's like, I know I'm just a kid. But and then starts talking about the play. The, and, the Anderson um, well, Riffle. Yeah. Yeah. The Anderson Riffle. And he mentions his dad's nickname in high school. And Coach Vince is like, oh, my God, I used to coach high school football oh, yeah. and I played against this team played, once. Played against him, uh, Crazy Legs Anderson. Yeah, Crazy Legs Anderson, who used this move and, and he was so good. And he's like, oh, I'm Crazy Legs Anderson Jr. Yeah. And then tells him the play. So the Packers use the play, which is hilarious because it involves the quarterback taking off his shoe and throwing the shoe, which the other team thinks is the ball. So they run in and chase that guy and tackle him. Meanwhile, the quarterback is running the ball to the end zone yeah, and, and scores the touchdown to, to win the game. The coach is just like, you got to get your old man down here. So they come down and like Vince and, and his dad are like, you know, meeting and talking. They're like buddies with their arms around each other and stuff. And they show it on TV right as Aura... Louis's mom turns the TV on to try to avoid the celebrity stories. And then there her husband is with his arms around Coach Vince after they won the game and stuff. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, they're like old friends and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was the the tie in I didn't see coming. And then I'm like, well, oh, man, I'm dumb. I should have seen it. But it was such a good tie in, too, because yeah. it's like it wasn't even like. Uh, she knew it was happening. Louis' mom, she's just like uh, trying to avoid talking about it. She's like, why don't we just see how the Packers are doing? Let's turn on the TV. And it's that, that exact moment. So it's just a serendipitous moment yeah. of uh, timing there. But it seems like something that uh, it didn't feel fake. You know, it it felt like yeah. a, a situation that like coincidences like that could happen. And so I right, I exactly. appreciated that about it. And it was, that's what I mean. It was delicately written because it's, it doesn't push so far out that it's like a suspension of disbelief is not gone. You know, it's still there. Yeah. My favorite running joke throughout this episode was um, Louis drinks were always frozen, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which, yeah. and it was so subtle, but it happened several times and it just it was funny every time. It, it basically just it got funnier the more it happened. Like his mom gave him a thermos of hot chocolate and stuff like that. And one of the jokes was they were going out and it was like in the negative numbers as far as temperature. Yeah. And Louis is like, oh, it's so cold. And his dad's like, no, this is Packer weather, which I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's about that cold up here, especially right now. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he's confident that it's going to give the other team a disadvantage because they're, they're not used right. to this weather. They, but they get this thermos of hot chocolate from his mom. He gets there and he finally opens it and he's shaking it. Nothing's coming out. And then just these two brown frozen lumps fall out on the ground. He's like, oh. And then later when he's on the the field and that water boy comes over, he gives um, Louis and this other kid water. And Louis tries to drink his water and it's just frozen. But everyone else's water is fine. It's only <laughs> happening to Louis that his drinks are always frozen. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, at at the end, after they win the game, the team you know pours oh, they, pours the Gatorade or I guess Gatorade water in this him. case on his head, and, and, and then he's freezing temperature. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny because like you see him just start to freeze. And so good. The the good message at the end of this one was like Louis's dad saw him fail at the football, you know, tryout and everything, and yeah. then he's just like, just because you won't be a Packer doesn't mean you can't be a hero. And this was a yep. good example of that. And that's this series, this show, just sent so many positive messages, like mixed yeah. in with the humor that I I really appreciated that. It seems so counter to what I thought the show was going to be, just because so much of the humor is dry and sarcastic and and pessimistic in the case of his dad. But yeah, like every episode has like these multiple beautiful and good moments to it. Yeah. You know, like his dad says he's proud of him in this episode. And, you know, you get the sense that that doesn't happen very often. And then that's it's just really cool. Right. Like the dad comes off as at first as like Eustace from Courage the Cowardly Dog. But then I, he I see just him has, as a mix of of that and um, the dad from that 70s show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the, the combination of those two is like perfect. It's like the combination of those two, but with actual tenderness to him as well. So, right. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of layers to this show as a whole. Yeah, exactly. But Chris, it looks like it's about time we bring out our inner kids by pulling the old Anderson riffle and see what they thought of Life with Louie. I never thought Louis Anderson was very funny because his voice is annoying and dumb. But this show made me laugh a lot and his dad was always yelling, just like my dad. And his family is just like all the families where I live and just as stupid. I gave this cartoon five bowls of I was in a war cereal out of five. And now I'm going to go freeze to death outside. Bye. This cartoon was a comical trip into Louis Anderson's family life that actually ended up being surprisingly complex. For what could easily be dismissed as a kid's show at first glance, one of the main strengths of this series was its presentation of situations that a child may not fully comprehend and seeing how our young protagonist approaches them. And while they are generally resolved in a relatively lighthearted manner, that doesn't take away from their decision not to shy away from events that may be too heavy for most kids' cartoons. I absolutely appreciate what this show had to offer and will give Life with Louie five big bowls of Quiet Tommy, You're Ruining This Whole Family cereal out of five and highly recommend it. And I don't have a joke after this. Just watch it. All right, no jokes. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Watch, watch Life it. with Louie now. <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, just kind of reiterating what we've been talking about and we both kind of agree on is that it was very surprisingly good. I, and I did not expect that from it at all. Even having watched it as a kid, these were things that I couldn't begin to have even comprehended back then. But now as an adult, I can appreciate it so much that they weren't dumbing down situations like that. Most kids shows wouldn't have even touched with the 10 foot pole, you know, like it's like like death, especially is something that's so, oh, yeah. so sensitive and so delicate that you really have to treat it as such. And I think they, like I said, they delivered it in the perfect way. And really any other situations that, that happened, like no matter how adult they might have seemed, Seeing them from the perspective of, of young Louie helped to see a little bit how kids see it and added some levity to otherwise heavy situations. So I, I don't know. It was just such a good, surprising show. Yeah, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be, um, like we've said. And I was so surprised when I saw that this was three seasons long because as a kid, I didn't really like it. And... I was just like, really? Three seasons? How did they get three seasons out of this? But as an adult, I think this show is absolutely brilliantly done and so much funnier than it really should be. It's one of those things that I feel like 
you know, this was a cartoon. It was made for kids. I mean, on the surface, it seems like it's made for kids. But honestly, there is so much to it that kids are not going to get that I caught now that I'm like, I, I feel like this was really made for adults with kids in mind, you know, because I feel like this is almost a love letter to parents just as much as it is a show for kids to watch. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think I honestly want to watch the rest of this show. This I, I can honestly say this is one of the better cartoons that I think we've watched just in general or that I think I've watched ever, really, like the way that it was handled. I, I would have to agree. I think this is one of the best ones we've had. Obviously, we both really enjoyed this show. So thank you so much, Jason, for recommending it. Please, if this is what you're going to deliver us, keep going. Like, give us more. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching. I don't know. Ask me why I don't know, Joseph. Oh, why don't you know, Chris? Because next week we are doing a Christmas movie thing that you are going to be pulled on. So go to the polls, <laughs> go to oh, Twitter and Instagram wow. and Facebook, and um, you can vote on what we watch for next Saturday. You have a choice of Mickey's Christmas Carol, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, A Charlie Brown Christmas, or How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, So nice. make sure you go to our social media, tell us which one we should watch. The poll is live right now. So if you're listening... Go, 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 go. The The poll will run for a couple days. So just a few days. So you got to do it quick. Yeah, do that quick. Watch Life with Louie quick. And real quick, before we get out of here too, we have a iTunes review Yay. that came in like a while ago. <laughs> it came in the, the beginning of November and I just now caught it. Sorry. But we got a five-star review from Iburansen. Iburansen. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Iber Ronson. <laughs> Let's say that. Uh, it says, Hit in America. Just listened to your episode reviewing Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Lots of exclamation points right there. You guys have a great natural conversation feel. This is a personal favorite among anime I've seen. The Inner Child review was both hilarious and spot on with the I don't even know what I'm talking about and learning the F-bomb. <laughs> thanks and keep up the good work. Nice. So thanks, dude. That's really awesome. I really appreciate that. That was a good review. I didn't know we had that. Awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. We've had nothing but five stars on our iTunes so far. So sweet. That guys, was a, don't ruin it, please. No, <laughs> that was a fun episode too. I remember don't doing that streak. one. That was yeah. the one where we kept singing. <laughs> I assumed we would get poorly rated because of that, but hey, me and you were just really good singers. <laughs> Should probably cut it here before we lose those stars. Just uh, got our first one star review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.